0: Are you ready to be stirred and receive an impartation of faith to move forward into all that God has purposed for your life? Welcome to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. I am your host, Elaine Haynes. I will be sharing what the Lord has given me through the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the Logos and Rama words of God. Welcome to Stirring of the Waters. I'm your host, Elaine Haynes. Today on episode 30, i'm going to be talking about living from the reality of a sound mind for god has given you a sound mind yet we still have the natural mind of the soul and the enemy's fiery darts today we can learn how to live from the reality of a sound mind and live a victorious transformed life so i'm going to start with uh second timothy one and seven because that's where we get our the key verse for this for god has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. First, I want to talk about fear. In the original language, the fear actually means timidity, cowardice, that the root of it is faithless. So therefore, faith is a critical element of not succumbing to fear. Having a sound mind is essential to operating in power and love. They go together. So what does that mean, to have a sound mind? In the strong concordance, the original language, that word sound in the, in the Greek is discipline, self control, training. And it's very interesting. The root of the word is me, it's from the word sophron, sophron and it means contracted at the beginning. That's that original place that you had in Christ. And the root of that word is sozo. We've all heard of that, sozo. It means saved, healed, whole, rescued from destruction. In the dictionary, the word sound means not damaged, not diseased, uninjured. It means healthy, well-built, solid, substantial, strong, intact, unimpaired, and stable. Now, when I hear that word stable, the first scripture that comes to my mind is James 1.8, and it's the opposite. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we see that with the double-minded. So we have the mind of Christ, and then we have our natural mind. And if you're double-minded, if you're operating out of the natural mind, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, you're scattered because you have two minds competing. You're unstable in all your ways. The enemy and his influence over our fleshly or natural mind scatters us. He uses that. He That's where those fiery darts go. He wants to keep us bound in fear, timid, how he reminds us of our sin. He tries to make us believe the voices from our past, from our wounded identity, tries to make us think that's who we really are, to believe his lies and not believe God's truth. So what are some of those common fears? I'm just going to name four. There's many more. But the common ones, fear in a crisis or of the unknown. So you're in a situation you don't know what to do or you're fearful of going forward because you don't know what might happen. But God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Now think about this. He is God. He is sovereign. He is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He has created everything, so He has all of creation at His command and His at His word they move. The angels hearken to His voice. So you have no reason to fear any crisis or moving forward because He's with you. So the, another common fear is fear of a circumstance that is difficult, continuing. It'll never end. I mean, isn't that what we think sometimes, and our mind goes into a panic. But with God, nothing is impossible. And he is the breaker. He has a breaker anointing that can shift. It can intercept right where you are in the midst of your trouble. He can bring his power and intercept right there and bring a change. So then there's fear that is internal. That's from insecurity and inferiority. Those old voices, those patterns that are formed in our brokenness is we turned to other things instead of God to meet our needs. And, you know, when we're a child, we have no choice. You know, if our parents don't meet our needs, we turn to other things to get comfort. I mean, that's just the reality. We create patterns. But God wants to break us out of that because those things keep us bound from moving forward into what he has called us to do. And then going along with that, fear from all all the lies of our old identity. Those wounds create a false identity that keep us timid to being found out because we don't want to hear those mocking voices. We don't want to hear those voices tell, in my case, you're crazy. You don't matter. There's something wrong with you. And then that fear of being found out. So you try to be like everybody else. You hide in a mask, timid, faithless, all from not knowing our identity in Christ. And in this new day that he desires for us to walk in to fulfill our destiny, we have to operate out of the mind of christ and you have the mind of christ it tells us in first corinthians 2 16 clearly a sound mind that's the mind of christ you have that available to you so how do we access second peter 1 and 4 tells us whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust to know the promises to partake of them to to receive the promises to walk in them you have to know the word of god and that's the next part is being transformed by the renewing of our mind romans paul tells us in romans 12 1 and 2 i beseech you brethren by the mercies of god present your bodies a living sacrifice holy which means separate acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what is the word transformed Man, It's the word metamorpho. You think about butterfly, the metamorphosis from caterpillar to butterfly. It means to change into another form. And renewed is complete change for the better is the meaning of that. And the root is to be changed into a new kind of life as opposed to the former corrupt state. Now, if you remember that word corrupt, that was in Second Peter 1 and 4, having escaped by partaking of the divine nature through the promises, we escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. So coming back to this now, we're through those partaking of the promises of the divine nature of Christ, Right. We are changed into a new kind of life as opposed to the former corrupt state. <coughs> so we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. This this mind, in that sense, is talking about our natural mind and the soul. Our mind, our will, our emotions. You know, I talked a little bit about the separation of that in some previous podcasts. I encourage you to listen to those. So we become aligned to the truth of the mind of Christ because we have... mind of Christ, and we have our natural mind. As we become aligned to the mind of Christ through being transformed, it will cause his life to abound in us. I'm going to bring in Hebrews 4 and 12 here because it's all about the Word of God. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word of God will show you, it will give you that clear differentiation between the mind of Christ and your natural mind. It will show you, it will pierce and penetrate and show you that here's what the word of God is saying. And it's resonating in your spirit because you have a new spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is, is bringing that confirmation to you that that's the truth, but you have your natural mind with its own thoughts. So it's important. The word of God, I can't tell you enough how important it is. The word The Word of God is Christ. He is the Word. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And of his fullness have we all received in grace for grace. That's John 1, 14 and 16. John 1, 14. The Word of God, Jesus, was made flesh. He is the Word. So as we get the Word inside of us, our natural mind is transformed and Christ is formed in us. This is my testimony. I was living a life of complete and utter defeat, recurring depression, and God told me my only hope was to get his word inside me, and I took that to heart, and I did it, and I, st- and I daily started getting into his word, and it started really living for me. And after about six months, I realized that I every time I had a thought that in the past would have led me down that deep, dark spiral of depression, that the holy spirit brought a scripture to my mind that i had gotten inside me and counseled me and i have not been depressed since and that was back in like 1995. so i'm telling you the word of god is powerful i'm going to share with you a poem that i wrote i have one of my books it is a book of ins- uh, poems inspired by the holy spirit that came about from this time of getting his word deep in me mostly M- many of them came after that also but that was where it started With the poems, anyway, it's called Bear Fruit. Listen, hear the word of God. Let hope rise up within you. Don't let the weeds of doubt and fear choke life from the words you hear. Let the seed of faith take root and in your life it will bear fruit. His word is sure, his word is true. It will not return void to you. His word is pure, it cannot fail. Above all things, his word prevails. Speak his word and bring forth life. Bring light into your darkest night. So what is the process for the mind of the soul being saved? It's the trying of our faith. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any draw back, that means from faith, my soul, God speaking here, shall have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So there is that process of faith that brings about the saving of the soul. That's Hebrews 10, 38 and 39. And then Peter tells us in 1 Peter 1, through 7-9, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Think of that. The trial of your faith will, bring, will, will be found unto praise and honor and glory when Jesus Christ appears, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing... You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So see, there's that trial of your faith. That's how he started out, that the trial of your faith, and then at the end of it, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So what do we do? For Peter tells us in, in chapter 1, a few verses later, 13 through 15, 18 through 19, and 22 and 23, I'm going to read to you. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, I'm going to read to you out of the Mirror Translation, that uh, two of those verses, um, 1 Peter one, 22 and twenty-three. As a result of your accurate hearing of the unveiled truth and through the agency of the Spirit, you have engaged your souls fully with the purifying effect of your inclusion in his glorious work of redemption. This co-resurrection new birth does not compare to the fading qualities of that which is produced by the perishable seed of the carnal works and performance-based mindsets. The indestructible living seed of the word of God conceives resurrection life within you. This life is equal to its source. Now think about that. that Your mind might balk at that. The life is equal to its source. But think about that. A seed of an apple bears the whole apple, the fruit of it. I'm telling you, that's the reality. That is the reality. So we need to shift from the mind of our flesh to the mind of, our, of the Spirit, the mind of Christ. You are seated with him in heavenly places. It tells us in Ephesians 2, 4-6, through 6, Now take every thought captive to that place. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, these are strongholds in our minds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, that's a lot of words there. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation because um, it's a little easier to understand, I think. So again, this is 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. Your spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion As soon as you choose, complete obedience. So you set your mind to be obedient to the truth of what the word of God says. And this I say then, this is Ephesians 4, 17 and 18. This I say therefore in testifying the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind or the natural mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, and then he goes on in verses twenty-three and twenty four. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. He tells us in second Corinthians five, seventeen, we're talking about Paul. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold. I'm saying that with emphasis, all things are become new, because we're going to talk about behold here in just a minute. In Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. The prophet tells us, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Behold. Behold, old things are passed away. All things are become new. You are a new creature. That root of the word behold means to perceive by any of the senses, to discern, to discover, to have regard for, pay attention to, to cherish. Perception is the key to the reality we experience. And our perception is filtered by our heart condition and what our mind believes. Believe you are a new creature. Do not remember the former things, the broken, wounding thinking of the soul. Behold, perceived by the Spirit, put on the new man, created by God in true righteousness and holiness, Ephesians 4.24 reiterating that for you. Put on the new, Colossians 3 and 10 tells us, renewed in knowledge according to the image of the creator. You were made in his image. New. I used to think it meant remade, restored to what it was before, but the Holy Spirit said, no, it means brand new. It means new when I looked it up, the word kainos, which means recently made from substance of a new kind. New, you're a new creature. Recently made from substance of a new kind. Faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. You are new. Substance of a new kind has formed you. Unprecedented. Have faith. Believe. You will perceive. Lay hold of faith. You have a sound mind, the Bible tells you. So what do we do? Seek those things which are above where Christ is. Set our minds on things above, not on things of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 3, that was 1 through 3. I'm going to read it out of the Passion because it's really good. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we're to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. We have to war for our inheritance of a sound mind. We have to war for it moment by moment. Jesus has overcome all. We press into him, into his mind, by the Spirit, through the veil of the flesh and unbelief. In Matthew 11 and 12, we're told from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent it by force. We have to press, press, and press, and press through the veil of the flesh unto the finished work of Christ on the cross, where we have the anchor of our soul, sure and steadfast, Which enters into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. How do we do that? God is always helping us. Philippians 2.13, for it is God which worketh in you. He is working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. He will make you perfect in every good work, working in in you, that which is well pleasing in his sight. That's Hebrews thirteen twenty-one. The other one was Philippians two thirteen, and then again, here's our part now, um, coming up to it. Ephesians three twenty unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, whereunto. Colossians one twenty. I also labour, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. So we labor, striving according to that power that is working in us, striving according to the Spirit working within us. We align ourselves to what He is doing. In obedience, we labor into that place of believing. Press into that word and let that word work in you. Let labor to let that word of God reveal and heal. We labor to enter into the rest of the finished work of Christ, that rest of the word of God working in us. Receive that fully, press through unbelief, doubt, and wrong perception that stems from demonic deception. God chose you in Christ before the world's inception, and he has given you the mind of Christ, a mind that is intact, unimpaired, strong, stable. The enemy is judged. Jesus paid the penalty of your sin, including wrong mindsets from the deceptions of the enemy and the wounds of your past. Christ's mind was pierced by the crown of thorns for you. You have in place received his perfect whole and complete mind that was yours from the beginning when you were in him before sin and now you're restored to that oneness with him. Remember that root of the word for sound mind was contracted at the beginning. Walk in confidence in newness of life and receive the word with meekness that has the power to save your soul. Let it be engrafted into you You will become aligned to the truth, and the truth is Jesus himself. Be blessed and move forward in faith with a sound mind. Go forward in confidence, in victory. In Jesus' name, amen. And I will see you next time on The Stirring of the Waters. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Stirring of the Waters podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit ElaineHaines.com, that's A-L-A-N-E-H-A-Y-N-E-S.com for books, blogs, and spiritual growth. You can follow me on Facebook and subscribe at cpnshows.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. See you next week for the next episode.